2: Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today.
3: The Texas Rangers got their postseason off to a good start. Do they have enough to make some noise in the American League despite their fall at the end of the regular season? Also, the Milwaukee Brewers have some playoff demons to exercise, but they'll have to do it shorthanded. And two quarterbacks under a microscope performed well last week. I'm Peter Bukowski. Starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today.
2: Searching all major sports. Found Let's start with the biggest story.
3: If there was a team that was going to have momentum heading into the postseason, you wouldn't think it would be the one that blew the division lead in the last six weeks. And yet, in baseball, they say momentum is next day's pitcher. Well, the Texas Rangers held the Tampa Bay Rays to just six hits, nary a run to be found in a 4 0 win in game one. Bryce Patrick from Locked on Rangers joins me now. And, and Bryce, this was, uh, I wouldn't say a surprising performance by any mean. We saw this Rangers team be really good for a long time, but what clicked for them in this one?
4: Well, it was more honestly about what didn't click for the Rays as opposed mm-hmm. to what did for the Rangers. The defense, I mean, in baseball, Defense usually the edge is negligible. But in this one, four errors by the Rays, the Rangers were forcing them into these errors at this point. There are a few more defensive plays that could have been qualified as errors, but just weren't. The Rangers were aggressive on the base pass. They forced these defensive miscues, and the Rangers made great defensive plays left, right, and center. I mean, they got a great performance out of Jordan Montgomery, a guy who they traded for at the deadline. And like you said, this team did not have momentum. They lost the division, not just in the last six weeks, but on the very last day of the season. So instead oh. Of flying from Seattle to Texas, they fly all the way across the country to Tampa Bay. But they did not look like a team without momentum. They came in, they took care of business in the bullpen, which has been historically horrible. Held for a four-run lead for two innings.
3: Yeah, to your point, that on those four runs, just two of them officially RBI because of some of the defensive miscues for the Rays, which leads to the question is this a sustainable way to win for this team? Or is, it, is at least this performance by Texas something that is repli- replicable? Tampa probably not going to play this poorly defensively the rest of the series.
4: But they still didn't score any runs. They didn't. And the Tampa Bay Rays had the second best offense in the American League to the Texas Rangers all season long. And, you know, the thing is... Yeah, we this- thought
3: these were going to be 8-6 games.
4: Yeah, we thought so. But I mean, a lot of the Rays hitters are very, very banged up or just coming off of the injured list and just aren't quite fully healthy. And no, this type of performance winning on four errors by the other team isn't replicable, but like this team can still score runs. That's the thing this team has done incredibly well all year long is, you know, sometimes they'll win by being terrible with runners in scoring position and having like five solo shots. And sometimes they'll win by hitting really well with runners in scoring position. And sometimes... They'll win by having a really great starting pitching performance and taking advantage of miscues. This team is incredible. It's the best walking team in the American League. They will force pitchers to stay in the zone. And if pitchers get off the rails, the Rangers aren't going to hit themselves out of it. And for a lot of the night, that's kind of what the Rays did. So the Rangers might not get four errors from the Rays, but they can still beat this team, especially if Nathan Eovaldi on the hill is anywhere near as good as Jordan Montgomery was tonight.
3: Well, I think that's going to be the question, right? Can, can Texas and this pitching staff keep this Tampa Bay offense uh, under wraps? I, I thought it was interesting that if you look at the bullpen, which you mentioned had been a pretty big problem. Um, they, they had, of their seven batters that they faced, six saw first pitch strikes. You get ahead in the count and you're able to stay aggressive with these hitters. Can this pitching hold in Texas?
4: I think so. Nathan Eovaldi was one of the best pitchers, if not the best pitcher in the American League for the first three months of the season. He had an injury and he didn't come back until... I believe it was September. He had like three or four starts when he came off of the injured list. He just didn't look like himself at all. In the last start, it may not look like it by the numbers, but his fastball velocity, the rest of his velocity was there, which was not something I thought was going to come back this year. I thought he was just going to be a guy throwing a whole lot slower, not going to be able to get strikeouts, not going to be nearly the same dominant version of himself. And even though the VLO was back, he was still lit up by Seattle because – That's the way things were going for the Rangers at that point. But with this Rays offense on the ropes, I wouldn't be surprised if a guy who has a long history of coming up big in big games comes out tomorrow and pitches an absolute gem. He's done in the biggest spots for them all year long, and it would be very poetic for him to come in and send them to the second round.
3: Stay up to date all year on the Texas Rangers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Rangers on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Brewers may have to navigate a playoff run down a key member of their starting rotation. Before we get to that, the longest playoff losing streak in American sports history snapped last night. I've never had a pair of shorts that made me look good while also being really comfortable until I got a pair of bird dogs. Bird dogs just make you look good. They're stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit like a dream. I wear them all the time. I wear them around the house. I wear them out. I wear them on the golf course. That's the beauty of bird dogs. I can wear them anywhere and be comfortable. You can seriously go from the couch to the golf course to a night out all in the same pair of bird dogs. They also use an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. These are the most comfortable pair of shorts I've ever owned and I get compliments on how they look. Seriously. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on or enter promo code locked on for a free water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on or promo code locked on for a free water bottle. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
3: The Minnesota Twins won their first postseason game in 19 years against the Toronto Blue Jays yesterday. 6,937 days. You got to go all the way back to October 5th,
1: 2004. That was the last time the Twins had won a playoff game until today, that is. That was 18 the last time the Twins had won a playoff game and I decidedly... The- no longer that age, so it's it's good. Uh, it honestly just, everything came together perfectly. Royce Lewis basically rising up from the ashes to provide all three runs. And you had Carlos Correa doing what he did all season long, which was affect the game in ways other than with the bat. Um, Pablo was exceptional. Not as much swing and miss stuff as you might've expected, but defense picked him up, picked up Louis Varland, picked up everybody. And uh, Michael A. Taylor is kind of like the low-key star of the game. But um, yeah, outside of Royce Lewis, not a lot going on offensively for the Twins. But at the end of the game, they don't ask you who did it. They ask you how many you scored, and it was enough today.
3: The Phillies began their climb back to the World Series against the Marlins, who are mostly just happy to be here.
5: That's a final from the bank, ladies and gentlemen. Connor Thomas, your host of Locked On Phillies. What a win for your fightings. Zach Wheeler, absolutely, insanely good tonight. He was a playoff primetime performer for the Phillies. Such a great start by him. Everything starts through Zach Wheeler. A team effort at the plate by the Philadelphia Phillies. Just everybody hitting. Trey Turner, big night. Nick Castellanos big night. Bryce Harper comes through. Johan Rojas comes through. Alec Boehm comes through. I mean, what can you say about this team? They're a team. They're a balanced, concerted, offensive effort, and that is why they took down the Marlins, a 4-1 victory for your Fightins. It wasn't easy. It wasn't comfortable, but playoff baseball isn't. All that matters is you come out with a win, and now Aaron Nola goes tomorrow with a chance to send the Marlins home and set up a date with the Atlanta Braves. I love it. We'll talk more on the next episode of Locked on Phillies.
3: Aaron Rodgers really does believe he can return this season. The New York Jets quarterback is only three weeks removed from surgery to repair a torn Achilles tendon. He says he's well ahead of schedule on his recovery. On his weekly appearance on the Pat McAfee show, Rodgers said, there's nothing normal about how I'm attacking this rehab. The common practice is about six weeks in a boot. I was in a shoe in 13 days. He surprised many by walking briskly on crutches during the pregame warm-up Sunday night at MetLife Stadium where the Jets face the Kansas City Chiefs. He will return to his rehab program in California this week before coming back to New Jersey permanently after the Jets week seven bye. The New York Giants not only were unsuccessful with the tush push, but also lost two players to injury on the play in the first quarter on Monday night. Rookie center John Michael Schmitz and tight end Daniel Bellinger left the 24 three loss against the Seattle Seahawks at MetLife Stadium and did not return. Schmitz is dealing with a shoulder injury and Bellinger sustained a knee injury. They await the results of further tests Tuesday to determine the severity of those injuries. Giants coach Brian Dayball also conceded it wasn't something the Giants had practiced live recently. This comes at a time where the tush-push play is under scrutiny as whether it should be allowed. The Eagles are really the only team for whom it is a clear advantage, which just proves it's not a competitive advantage. If you're not the Eagles, You guys are literally getting hurt trying this play. It is the definition of don't try this at home.
2: Here is another story you need to know.
3: The Milwaukee Brewers jumped out to a 3-0 lead against the Arizona Diamondbacks in their wild card series, but they couldn't hold it. Corbin Burns gave up four earned, and it was a two-run shot in the ninth That sealed it a 6-3 Diamondbacks win. Chuck Freeman from Locked on Brewers joins me now. And Chuck, this all comes on the heels as well of the news that the Brewers could well be without um, one of the best pitchers in baseball for this playoff run. What happened in this game, though, that went so poorly for the crew?
0: Well, early on, Peter, things were cruising along. They're up 3-0, and you're thinking, this is going to be the Brewers' day. Tyrone Taylor hits a a two-run blast on no-two pitch. And things are looking marvelous. Corbin Burns had no problems in the first two innings. And then came the third inning, and that game turned around in two pitches. He gave up back-to-back home runs. Gave a ball to Corbin Carroll, and then Ketel Marte. Look at the scoreboard. It's 3-3 in this place. Stunned. Gives up a home run in the next inning. By the fifth inning, two, two walks he gives up, and he's out of the game. I mean, Burns had a rough night, three home run balls. Your ace has got to pitch better than that. Hopefully they don't use this against him in arbitration next year.
3: (laughs) So there is, I mentioned the Brandon Woodruff news, that he was going to miss this wildcard series potentially longer. The Brewers are going to have to get it in gear if they want to be playing much longer in this postseason. How much do you think that added to the pressure of a game like this, a series like this?
0: Well, here's what I think. The fact that the Diamondbacks didn't use their number one starter tonight. And they're coming back. They got Merrill Kelly going in Game 3 Thursday, if necessary. And they're coming back with their ace, Zach Gallen, in Game 2 for the clincher. So you look at the Brewers' road. You're facing Gallen. You're facing potential. If you're lucky to get by him, you got Kelly. Plus, you used Devin Williams for 31 pitches out here tonight in a relief role when your team was losing. 31 pitches. You used a lot of relievers tonight. I mean, Arizona used seven pitchers, but, I mean, some weird decisions I would say made tonight. Even Peter Chessie Winker being added to the 26-man roster and then pitch hitting in the eighth inning. Baffling. Now, he may have an oblique injury. If you saw him walking back to the dugout afterwards, walking back, holding his side, Craig Council after the game said, don't know more tomorrow about that uh, when they talked to the media, but um, Just a disappointing, again, started off, this crowd was fired up, as as you know how it can be here at AmFam Field. And by the third inning, stunned when Burns gives up the back-to-back jacks.
3: This is supposed to be a team that was theoretically built for the postseason because they had those two pitchers at the top. What is the plan now for this Brewers team in Game 2? How can they get it right in?
0: Well, Freddie Peralta is going to come back and pitch in Game 2. He was supposed to come and pitch Thursday. They're going to move him up a day on rest, and they're going to have him pitch. So, and then if they're able to win Wednesday against Zach Allen, they'll piece something together for Thursday. Who knows? They may go with a combination of uh, Colin Ray and bullpen their way through that game, but they got to get through Zach Allen first, which is obviously no easy pass. That guy's a side you know, young candidate, uh, no doubt about it. But yeah, the, Bur- the Woodruff injury throws a wrench into things, but still you got Freddie Peralta who led the team of strikeouts this year. He's pitching coming up on Wednesday and it's now or never for these guys. You know, that losing that first game in any series is huge, but when you play a best of three and you're forced to come back and win the next two.
3: Yeah. They're lucky that this is not the old format where they might be one and done uh, in yeah. a situation like this. Uh, I, we, we've talked a lot about the pitching, but this Brewers offense They have scored in their last 18 postseason games 2.83 runs per game. You're not going to win in the postseason if you can't even get to three runs. Where where did the bats go in this one? Trust me, Peter. I've been to all those games, and I've seen them all. (laughs) So,
0: yes, whether it was in 2018 out in Los Angeles, here in against the the Dodgers and the NLCS here, 2019 wildcard. you name it. Yeah, I feel like this offense usually hits the skids in the postseason. Now, they have either issues during the regular season as well, but that's the biggest fear because they're so reliant on pitching. They're so pitching top-heavy. And not having Woodruff, yeah, that's a big chip to miss. But the offense has got to – today the offense was terrific after two innings. you are thinking, now Peter, I'm thinking this is, this is, this is a double-digit runs game. Yeah, let's do it. And then they it. come back and the bullpen just kind of shut them down.
3: Stay up to date on the Milwaukee Brewers by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Brewers on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. And coming up, Justin Fields and Zach Wilson deflected criticism for a week, but what of it?
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Zach
3: Wilson and Justin Fields have drawn the ire of their respective fan bases for the first three weeks of the season. Week four brought a different reaction, though, as Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson discussed on the latest episode of Peacock and Williamson. But I don't know how you don't look at this as a positive for the Jets and especially Zach Wilson. I mean, he looked much, much more comfortable as the game went on against a very good defense, and they actually got the ball in Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall's hands, and some other guys made plays for them, too.
1: Yeah, there might still be some life for your for those folks who drafted Garrett Wilson high thinking Aaron Rodgers and a Hall of Famer is going to be throwing passes to him Uh, and and nearly missed another touchdown as well for for Garrett Wilson in that one. Really good signs for Zach Wilson. But again, it's it's the big mistakes for the young quarterbacks It's like, okay, you can play a really good game, but there's going to be a lot of three point games for you in the NFL and you can't fumble that away. And that's in the end, still what Zach Wilson did, but probably the wolves called off a little bit in that New York market for people just not wanting to see any more Zach Wilson. He he has a little bit more life there for the jets.
3: Exactly. And you said that really well, maybe copy and paste it for Justin Fields,
1: you know? (laughs) Yeah. That's the next one I wanted to talk about because Justin Fields had maybe his best start as well as a passer in the NFL. There's one throw from, Justin Fields that I want to highlight because it's everything that he hasn't been so far in the NFL a rusher in his face not bailing out not taking a sack getting the ball out he had an interesting arm angle throws it into tight coverage with some anticipation hits DJ Moore on this play and it's like oh my gosh that's a Justin Fields we haven't really seen playing with confidence playing with timing even with the rush in his face. Uh Justin Fields throwing for three hundred and thirty was three hundred thirty thirty five yards at one point he was perfect sixteen of sixteen, I think uh, and maybe even better than that but twenty eight of thirty five passing in the end, three hundred thirty five passing yards, four touchdowns
3: until Sunday, Justin Fields had yet to throw for three hundred yards in a game in his career. in the last twenty five years, only seven other quarterbacks had made twenty five starts to start their career and failed to throw for 300 yards. And the only one who became a good player for any length of time is Josh Allen. So sure, Justin Fields had the best game of his probably career on Sunday. It also came in a game where he threw a game-sealing interception on the final drive after his team blew a huge lead and... A tide-turning fumble on a play where his athleticism is his thing. And he turns to run a a play-action boot. There's a defender in his face. And rather than evade that defender or just eat the sack, he tries to make a play, fumble, fumble six. And now the game is totally different. In the best game of Justin Fields' career, he had two back-breaking turnovers. No one has turned the ball over more since he entered the league. Than Justin Fields. So progress, sure, but all the problems that have seeming intractable roots right now, they're still there too. And finally, Lonzo Ball hasn't played in an NBA game since January 14th, 2022. The 25 year old guard, though, insists he will return to the floor as soon as he's able. Ball is set to miss his second consecutive season after a third surgery on his left knee. He said, after surgery three, I feel like it's going well so far. There are no setbacks. So for me, it's just keep your head up. Just keep doing the work. It would be quite the comeback story should Ball return to the floor for the Bulls or, frankly, for any team. You would love to see it. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports today, who will be looking forward to the divisional series in the Major League Baseball playoffs? So, at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.
2: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.